Hello and welcome to the Gambler Racing Podcast. I'm Selectabet and as ever I'm joined by Paul Gallagher, who's better known as the voice of value. How's it going, Paul? Yeah, fantastic. Um, looking forward to Cheltenham Trials Day tomorrow. Should be fun. Yep, Cheltenham's edging ever closer and I guess we'll learn a wee bit more after tomorrow. Yeah, I think so. Certainly from the the UK perspective and the British horses, um, quite a few of the big names, well, are some of the better ones out um, tomorrow. Um, so no more about them. The Irish um, still shrouded in mystery as they often are this time of year. <laughs> Yeah, you kind of they keep their cards a bit closer to their chest. No, it's not that far away. I think we're down to 40, 48 days. I think it is to Cheltenham. So countdown's definitely on. Um, now, last week we launched our first ever Who Knows Wins competition, and first place was shared by Frodon and Die, who managed an impressive four winners out of seven, which was pretty good going. Um, and they shared the pot. So well done to them. Who Knows Wins is a, a brand new social betting app where you can bet against your friends instead of the bookies and they are sponsors on the podcast so it's great to have them on board. So if you're in a WhatsApp group or if you've got a day out of the race and it's a great way to have a fun bet against each other um, and see who can pick up the most winners. We've set up a competition again this week featuring the seven live races on ITV that we're going to discuss today and it'd be great if you guys out there could get involved and pit your wits against Voice of Value who, how many did you manage last week? Two, was it? Two, two winners and, and two placed so I was quite happy, that was a good profitable day as well so it was quite good but uh, a good performance by the guys that got four. Actually, yeah. Frodon, Frodon is a, a mate of mine from my uh, WhatsApp group so uh, Lewis is his real name so well done to him Um and obviously he's been lording it over me all week. Particularly <laughs> pleased about. Um, yeah, your um, yeah. your slot in this podcast could be in danger. A throw on Yeah, yourself. I know. It's outrageous. <laughs> and he's uh, normally absolutely hopeless as well. So it's, um, he's enjoying his moment of fame. We'll see how he gets on this week. Um, it's a £2 buy-in again. And the person with the most winners from the seven races takes the biggest chunk of the pot. So you've already submitted your entries for tomorrow. So you're up there to be shot at again. And we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I have indeed. I've got quite a few big price ones, so um, uh, yeah, I'm up against it to, to win, I think, but that's me getting my excuses in early. <laughs> so if you want to take part, just go to the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store and search for Who Knows Wins, download the app and get involved. Now, we've already touched on last week and I thought you were going to go through the cards the way things started. Two winners from the first two races with uh, Magic of Light and Stone Silver, uh, but it wasn't a bad day all round. Yeah, it was good. Um, I, I got quite excited. I was playing eleven aside football against my better judgment, um, so I turned the phone off and then just watched it sort of as live. So I was getting quite excited after the first two went in, um, and then a couple of decent odds got placed later on. So it was uh, not too bad. Hopefully, step up and get three winners this week. Yeah, hopefully more of the same. And we're going to have a look as usual at the live races on ITV. There's seven tomorrow coming from Cheltenham and Doncaster. Um, it's Cheltenham Trials Day uh, at Cheltenham and the first race we're going to look at is the 150. Yeah, a really good race to get started off, um, quite competitive. Um, I struggled with the, the horses at the top of the market to find one that, that I thought really stood out in terms of value. Um, 
Highway 101 is a horse I've tipped at least once, perhaps twice on yeah. the podcast. Yeah. Um, but I think the cat's out the bag with that one now in terms of the price. It's it's um, looks like it's going to go off favourite, about five to one best price. So no value there. Um, and at that sort of price, I'm, I wouldn't be interested because it has a habit of getting placed but not um, not getting his head in front. So th- that doesn't really appeal. Um, the one I like is a much bigger price, a, a horse called Militarian. Um, it's a 10-year-old horse, so it's not it's not as though it's going to uh, improve drastically, but you could you could argue that it's in the sort of best form that it's, it's ever been in. Um, and, and sometimes that's the best um, that's the best time to be with a horse, even if it is 10 years old. Um, it, I think, sh- um, will we'll enjoy the, the ground, um, at Cheltenham, which is it's going to be soft and it certainly looks that way. It might it might dry out a little bit. Weather seems fairly dry, um, but it will be soft or good to soft. Um, and it's a two and a half mile chase. This one, so um, I think it's the sort of test that military you know, should should quite enjoy. And already um, thought, already so, won at a big price this season. Yeah, that's right. Um, Fifty to one. Um, actually, unfortunately, we weren't on it that day. Why weren't you tipping um, it that day? I know, shocking. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I think it's I think it's um, a horse. As I say, it's sort of come into pretty solid form, and I, I wouldn't have it at sixteen to one. I'd have it a good bit shorter than that. So that's my that's my each way shout against the field. So it's looking like a value bet in the first, uh, as you say, highway one hundred one is going to head in the market uh, about four to one. Yes, yeah. sixty one in places, but um, yeah, as we've come to expect from yourself, uh, a nice sixteen to one winner would get the day off to a flyer. It'd be great, and even a even a place at that price is um, a nice bit of profit and move on. You know, it's some, sometimes you have to accept that. Okay, so next up we cross over to Doncaster for the two o five, where Bossman Fred heads up the market, and uh, rightly so by looks of it, it's a great start to the season. Yeah, a good looking horse. Um, I think he's won all of his starts, three starts this season. Um, so I think he's got um, he's got a, a very strong chance. Um, but it is a competitive race, um, even though there's only five of them. Um, I don't think you can really rule any of the five of them out. Um, Ramsey's Detay is a horse that um, some listeners might remember. He actually ran in the Grand National. Um, but he's back back over hurdles um, for this race um, against some younger horses. Um, and, and this is a novice race, and um, so he's quite an interesting one because his his um, handicap mark over fences is quite high. He's rated in the one hundred and fifties, um, so that would make him sort of one of the better horses here if if he could run to that mark and back over hurdles. So I think he can't be ignored. I do think it's a tricky race to pick the winner in. Um, the one that I went for when I was reviewing the form at the prices was a horse called Thomas McDonough, um, trained by Jamie Snowden. Um, I should caveat that by saying the reason I went for it was um, I thought there was one of the bookies were offering a much bigger price. I think it was Skybet, um, but a lot of the the other bookies are shorter on it. So the price there for Thomas McDonough was thirteen to two. I thought that was very fair um, for a horse who has won his last three starts. But I think you know if it's four to one, seventy two, um, that's not as appealing because um, it's a pretty competitive race. So if you can get a big price um, on Thomas McDonough, you know that sort of six to one, um, that sort of level, then go for it. But by the time you listen to this, that value might have gone. It might just be a, a pricing error by the bookies. Yeah, I'm seeing seventy two Paddy Power still about a ninety two available at Unibet, but 
uh, I guess if it goes out to 13 to 2 before tomorrow or that kind of price, then that's probably not a good sign, is it? Yeah, that's the thing. It might, but it might well just be that I've spotted a, a, an early pricing error that, that Skybet have put up. Um, so it might not, it might not last for long, even if it if it still is there um, just now. So uh, if that does go, um, I think it's too competitive a race. Um, my second choice would probably be Ramsey's Detay, um, just because he's got that wee bit of class that the others might not have and the experience. Um, but they're all they're all good horses. Um, Champagne Well, I haven't mentioned, um, it's, it's a really solid horse as well. So it's too competitive a race to be massively confident about any of them. Okay, so your picks Thomas McDonough, but it's really dependent on price tomorrow, just before the off. It is indeed. Yeah. Okay, back to Cheltenham for the 3.25, the Cotswold Steeplechase and uh, Snicky Henderson Santini that heads the market here. Yeah, this looks like a brilliant race. Um, this is a, a sort of trial for the Gold Cup, basically, um, which obviously is the biggest race at the, the Cheltenham Festival, um, most prestigious. So it's run over a similar distance, and it's obviously at Cheltenham as well. So you, you get a feel for horses that, that might enjoy the course, Um and they're able to compete in that sort of that sort of level. Um, Santini's the favourite, um, probably rightly so. Um, Santini is certainly the one I fancy to win the race. Um, Bristol Demai is a class act, but tends to have his best form um, at Haydock, and tends to be on softer ground. That's not always entirely true because he did win um, at Haydock last year. There'll be people shouting at the. At the, at the <laughs> mobile devices as they listen to this um, so you know he's not absolutely dependent on heavier ground but I think he's I think that does bring out the best in him or it brings out the worst in other horses and he, he's able to cope with it that's probably more accurate um, so Santini will have to do well to beat this right there's also Slate, Slate House who's pretty consistent and Topville Ben um, who I think is, is maybe a wee bit overpriced actually and maybe the one to look at in terms of value and I think if there were more runners he'd probably be my each way bet but I think Santini, uh, certainly if he wants to go and win the Gold Cup, has to come out and win this. Um, so I think he is the most likely winner. I'm probably not going to have a bet. I think the best price I could see there was about 7-4, to four, I think. Um, so that's a bit too short for me um, in, in what is a pretty competitive race. But you'll be taking Santini in the Who Knows Wins competition? I have, yeah. yeah. I mean, the Who Knows Wins is really interesting because it's... It's not price dependent, so yeah. you really, if you're thinking about it, you should just be looking at what you think is the most likely winner, regardless of price. Yeah. And so, you know, from time to time, you'll, you'll probably play that slightly differently um, to make sure you beat your mates and scoop the pot in that, <laughs> trying to find 33 to one shots that are, that are going to get a, get a place for you. Yeah, it's definitely not about value, is it? Um, and it's actually something we'd suggested to the guys who knows wins that they're potentially might be an option where you can get some extra points if your if your horse places as opposed to just wins a race. So that might be something that comes in the future. Um the one one question I was going to ask about the trials and it's really who who tends to benefit from the trials and and why are they important in the run up to Cheltenham? Um do you mean in terms of the horses, which horses benefit from it or the trainer, I mean, from from the connections point of view, trainers and owners, it gives them an opportunity to work out: is this horse um, a real prospect for the festival? Right. Um, and with with the trials being at Cheltenham, obviously you get to find out 
um, if the horse handles the particular um, idiosyncrasies of, of, of Cheltenham. It's quite an undulating track, um, a lot of hills up and down, um, so it's, it's, it's quite different from a lot of the other tracks in the UK. So it just gives horses who maybe haven't had much experience there an opportunity to go along in a less competitive environment, smaller fields, um, less hullabaloo than you get um, in festival week in March and just see, did, find out, did they enjoy the experience? Did they relish it or did they, mm-hmm. um, was it not really for them? And then are they maybe a, more of a flat track type of horse and um, Cheltenham doesn't suit them? And then I guess decisions are made on that basis as to which uh, races they're entered into. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. Okay. So, for example, um, the, the, the one the, the race we've just looked at, the Cotswold Chase, is run just over. Um, it's just over three miles in distance. So, if it turns out that a horse, let's say Slate House, right, um, doesn't get up the hill, doesn't quite stay the three miles, Colin mm-hmm. um, might turn around and say, "Well, I think actually we should run that in the Ryanair because the Ryanair is over just over two and a half miles." Yeah. In distance and, and that would be more suitable for it at Cheltenham whereas it might go to Kempton and run over three miles because it's a flatter track and less of a test of stamina mm-hmm. so yeah it gives it gives the trainer all those options and just more information and it's a nice space and um, in terms of time national hunt horses you can't run them too often um yeah so it's it's a nice gap what are we um, about six weeks or something seven weeks, yeah. yeah so it's, that's a nice gap um, and it's deliberately in the calendar at that point to give them um, you know enough space to recover and go again um, or peak for the for the festival okay so certainly get the old notebook out for tomorrow then ahead of, ahead of Cheltenham oh absolutely and you're looking in the, in the handicaps as well there's a couple of handicaps in the card um, you're looking for horses that um, maybe you know have looked quite good but just fade towards the end as, as though they maybe needed the run uh, and that they'll peak just nicely for Cheltenham, that sort of thing, or the you know horses that are out the back and maybe aren't given um, too vociferous a ride, shall we say, by the jockey. You know they're given an easy enough time. You, yeah, you can you can have a look back at the races and try and pick a few of those out. It's not easy, but um, it's part of the fun. Yeah, it's the sort of stuff I enjoy doing. Okay, so next we're going to head back over to Doncaster. It's a two-mile hurdle, and you're going to oppose the top two in the market. I am, yeah. Um, I didn't think there should be as much of a gap between the top two and then the next um, three anyway, um, who I think will get pretty decent form. Um, so Lady Buttons is a is a pretty well-known mare. Um, she's 10 years old now, so she's been around for a few years and she's pretty consistent and wins a, a fair share of races. She's a pretty good horse for the, the, the owners to have had, actually. They're quite lucky. Um, Floresa is the is the sort of joint favourite Um a younger mayor, um, this is her first season um, over over hurdles, and she looks pretty impressive, um, trained by Nikki Henderson. Um, but, she, you know, she was still lacking in experience. Um, the one that I thought was probably the value bet um, is a horse called Irish Row. Um, it's a course and distance winner, and, you know, I, I do like that. Um, if, if you can find them, it's always g- good to have a horse that goes well, um, at the track and enjoys the, the trip. Um, last time Irish Row ran at Musselburgh over a much longer distance and didn't particularly enjoy it, and that was a chase as well. Um, but if you go back and look at her form over two miles, it's pretty solid, um, and she's got no problem with sort of the ground that's likely to be as well. So I just thought she looked like a, a pretty um, interesting option. There's not eight runners, so you won't get. Um, you won't get 
three places each way, you'll just get two. So it's kind of up to individuals what they want to do with that. I sometimes mention the each way extra option that some of the bookies do, particularly Bet365, who offer you three places each way for reduced odds um, in, in races like this. So it's worth having a look at that. If yeah. the odds reduction isn't crazy, then just say, for example, Irish Rose at 13-2 for three places, that, that would tempt me in. That would be a nice sort of snide each way bet that I'd get involved with. Um, if I don't fancy that, then I'm probably just back a, a small amount to win. Um, yeah, you know we we got one up last week. I think that we we backed the outsider or one of the the sort of fourth or fifth choice and at one. You know, so sometimes sometimes it just pays to do that, and over time you you'll do better than you will back in the, the obvious favourites. Yeah. Okay, so Irish throw at round eight to one uh, in the two twenty at Doncaster, hoping to improve on its third place in the same race last year. Okay, next over at Cheltenham is the three o'clock, and it's a Ballymore Novices Hurdle um, eight run, and we've got a big price pick in this one. Yeah, I thought. Um... The one I've gone for, um, well, I'll, I'll start with the favourite, um, which is a horse called King Roland, um, trained by Harry Fry. Looks like it could be a pretty decent hurdler, but um, he's still got a lot to prove, and, and this is a fairly competitive race. Um, the There's a few others. Protectorat looks like a decent horse as well. The coast and distance winner, so that's a, a tick in that column. Um, but again, fairly short price. The one I thought that should have been a bit of a shorter price than it is is a Ruthless Article, um, trained by Rebecca Curtis. Um, I'm trying to work out why. I think it's just because the two um, races that it's won in August and September are not particularly strong um, races, um, but it did win them well. Um, and I just thought that it was far too big a price. I think there was some 33 to 1 about, actually. Um, yeah, not anymore. So. <laughs> um, so, but even if you get, even if you can get 20 to 1, I think that's, that's cracking, cracking value. Um, in the hope that Rebecca Curtis has got a decent horse there and she's able to train it on to improve um, against what is clearly um, better quality opposition. But, when they're um, when they're that age, the novice hurdle sort of level, they can improve um, quite considerably. And um, so it's just an unexposed horse that I thought was a decent each way shot against the rest. Yeah, still improving by the looks of it. Um, we're looking at twenty-two to one currently. Paddy Power, Bet Victor, and with eight runners, we've obviously got a decent each way shape to it. Yeah, that'll do nicely. Um, just keep an eye in the morning if anyone's listening. Uh, make sure that there's still the eight runners before you decide if you're going each way or not. Indeed. Okay, so the last race at Doncaster, which is live on ITV, is the 3.15. The Sky Bet Handicap Steeplechase and another big price opportunity here for Solomon Gray. Yeah, so this is a pretty competitive race um, in terms of the prices. There's no clear favourite. There's actually quite a few horses in the race that have got question marks about them. Um, in my opinion, um, so when that's the case, um, I'm always thinking, well, I'm not going to bet. Um, I'm not having a, a strong win bet, um, and let's look and see what we can find each way. That, that's a, a decent price. Um, Calypto's a horse that I like, Phoenicia Williams train, but it's been. Um, it's been off for a while and then it came back and didn't look great on its reappearance. I, I think that's a 
that's a watching brief because it's still pretty high in the handicap. Um, so I'm not going to I'm not going to get involved with him this time. Um, but the one I thought was interesting was as you as you said Solomon Gray. Um, last two races, um, it's it's been gubbed. Um, but that doesn't really tell the whole story because she's a technical term. Yeah. <laughs> um, the last time out, it was racing against surname and Altior and and sort of the race of the season almost. Um, yeah. At Ascot, and it finished you know, however many lengths you want behind, but it had no right to win that race of almost level weights for those two. So you, you can ignore that um, and, and actually just look at its previous form, um, and also the fact that they ran in that race, the, the trainer and connections must think it's a half decent horse. Um, so they're pretty confident about it. And um, you go back to May at a decent win, he talks it her, and still pretty unexposed as a chaser. So it's only had four chase runs, and I think it, it could be a horse that's. On the way up, um, and I just saw it sixteen to one. I think was the, the price that um, Hills were offering, and they're paying four places as well. Yeah, so that was a very good value bet again, in, in a sort of wishy washy race where there's there's no obvious standout winner. Yeah, four places for fourteen runners is pretty decent from William Hill, isn't it? Yeah, that's a good offer, and and as I always say, um, those wee offers if you can you can. Jump about between the bookies, try and get the best prices, and um, try and get those, try and get those offers. And um, you, you really can make, can make a big, big difference over the course of a season when you're looking at your profit and loss. Yeah, and good to see William Howell still going sixteen to one. Usually, when they've got offers like that on, they're at the the shorter end of the prices. Yeah, no, that's that's fair, very fair. Okay, so the last race looks to be probably the big race of the day. Actually, the Cleve Hurdle. It is, yeah, and it's actually. Um, it's the only race on ITV where there's an odds-on favourite. Um, all the other races are very competitive, and there's no there's no clear standout favourites in, in each of them. Um, this one is um, a real crowd favourite. Um, Paisley Park is the is the favourite here, who won the um, long distance hurdle at the, the Cheltenham Festival. Um, I keep forgetting the name of it because it's changed a few times. It used to be the the Ladbrokes World Hurdle, but they've changed it now. Now, anyway, the three mile um, class one, uh, grade one hurdle at, at the festival, which is the, the showpiece race on the Thursday. So he won that last year. People remember his owner's a blind guy. Um, yes. And he gets a lot of coverage on ITV. It's, it's one of those kind of heartwarming stories that they like yeah. to they like to um, publicise. Andrew Gamble was the, the, the guy's name. Um, so it's always nice to see that horse do well. I think he is certainly the most likely winner of this race. I'm very interested to see um, a horse called If the Cap Fits. You might remember I tipped this for a race, I think it must have been uh, early December, um, and he ended up being a non-runner. But I just thought he was a a decent each-way shout against Paisley Park, but his price is pretty short today. Um, sort of seven to two, I think, is, is the best price that you find. Maybe, maybe you might get four to one, um, but that's there's not really much fun in that as an each way shirt. Because I, I think Paisley Park should be too strong, but it'll be, I think it'll be an interesting race to see if, if the Catfits can can get close to him. Um, there's also some other sort of well-known um, three-mile hurdlers in the race. Lamy Serge is back after. Um, a fairly long time off. Um, he finished second at Ascot in, in December. That was his first run for like 18 months or something. Um, so he's the sort that could potentially improve a bit 
um, and maybe uh, maybe get a bit closer to Paisley Park. Um, another horse, to be fair, is a pretty good handicapper, course and distance winner here as well. But a big ask, I think, to, to, to challenge the champ. So I'm not going to have a bet in the race. Um, I think it's a watching brief for me. Um, and for the, the who knows wins purposes, it, it should be a Paisley Park win. I dare say there'll still be some people who think 8 to 11 on Paisley Park's value. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're quite often, if, I, if there's a horse like that, that I do think is decent. I'll maybe stick in with like a football hacker or things like that. So you listen to Greg Browning's tips for the weekend, and maybe stick Paisley Park in as another another one to pair him up with them. Um, yeah, I think eight to eleven is about fair. Um, when I priced it up, I had written down um, ten to eleven as my price where I would have a bet on it. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. that was you know so just slightly less than even money. I thought it'd be a very fair price. So it's just below that in terms of value um, so it's not a bet for me but I think it's the most likely winner and yeah I wouldn't put people off if they want to do that but it's um, yeah lumping on short price short price favourites isn't my thing and uh, it's a quick quick way to get to the pool house as my granny would say. say yep indeed yeah. okay so can you just give us a quick recap of the seven races I can indeed um, the 150 which is at Cheltenham, I'm just flicking through my notes here, buying time for myself. Yeah, one fifty at Cheltenham, Militarian, um sixteen to one each way, two oh five at Doncaster. It's a bet on um Thomas McDonough if you can get the sort of six to one that was floating about. If it's short, seventy two, four to one, I don't think it's a bet. 225 at Cheltenham, uh, no bet in that one for me. Uh, I think Santini's probably likely to win. Um two forty at Doncaster, Irish Row. Um, eight to one with bet three six five. Um, if you can get a decent price on the each way extra option on bet three six five in the morning, those prices aren't out yet. But if you can get that, then then consider taking that. Three o'clock at Cheltenham is ruthless ambition. Ruthless um, article. Oh, sorry, ruthless article. Um, I just written ruthless aid on my notes. And then, yeah, it's Ruthless uh, article, and that's, I think, 22 to 1 best price, and that's an each-way bet as well. 3.15 at Doncaster, Solomon Gray, 16 to 1, with William Hill paying four places, and that's each way as well. And finally, in the 3.35, it's no bet for me, and I reckon Paisley Park will probably win. Excellent. Uh, as you've already mentioned if you're looking for some football tips this weekend don't miss the football podcast Uh, plenty of tips on there for tomorrow's matches in Scotland and England as ever please feel free to get in touch with us if you have any feedback ideas or tips for us you can do so by email at hello at gambler.co.uk or via twitter where our handle is at gambler tips and remember you can follow Paul on twitter to uh, his handle is at the voice of value so that's us for another week we'll be back next friday for a look at saturday's races on itv in the meantime have a great weekend and good luck with all your bets and thanks to paul for his tips today yeah thanks again good luck to everyone enjoy the racing saturday